Hi. Welcome to this special focus meeting. My name is Mickey. I am a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater and your moderator for this meeting. Hi. Would you please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thy will not mine be done. Amen. The format for this session is as follows. Two speakers will share for 15 minutes each, followed by 10 minutes of questions and answers, finishing up with 10 minutes of open pitches. This workshop is being taped, so you need to sign the audio recording authorization if you are going to share. The topic for this session is Earth Angels. Our first speaker is Mary Beth. Actually, I think um, it's also, yeah, besides being Earth Angels, I think it's also uh, uh, long, long timers. Long timers. Um, I'm Mary Beth, uh, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. I'm really, hi everybody. I'm really happy to be here today in this beautiful place. I mean, the way they decorated it, it's really fantastic. I was, it's so beautiful, so sophisticated, and I, I love all the colors, the balloons, and the theme, the musical theme. It's just it's really nice. Um, can, does this work? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, good. Um, I want to thank Sherry and Brenda, who were the speaker getters and who asked me to speak today. And I want to thank you all for being here. And I want to, it's really an honor to be asked to speak, and I'm really uh, honored that I was asked to speak, uh, especially on long-timers, because there's quite a few of us, actually, who've been here a while. And I see, you know, people that I know that have been in the program with me a long time that are in the room today. And um, I've been around the room since 1973, and um, not perfect. I wish I could say that I've been to... I've never dropped out of the program, but I have dropped out of the program. Went out, experimented, found out that I couldn't do it on my own. Tried to do it on my own. And found out that I needed you, all of you, um, to be with me, to help me, to keep my abstinence, to get my abstinence and keep my abstinence. And the beautiful part was, even when I didn't come to meetings, even when I was like trying to kind of fade away, members called me and helped me and wanted me to be back in the program and, and encouraged me to recommit and to come back, which I did. Um, so the, my statistics, like I say, I came in in 73. Um, I came to uh, the program in, in San Francisco. There was a meeting down on um, Van Es, and I uh, went to that meeting in the basement of the church, and that was my first meeting. And I wasn't real sure when I went to that meeting if this was the place for me. But I knew that I needed help, and I knew that, 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 that it would be helpful for me if I did come back. So, but the seed was planted. Even though I didn't jump right in immediately, I did come back after that first initial meeting. I came with a friend, and the second time I came back, I came back alone about three months later. And um, I got a sponsor, and I started my program, and I worked with my sponsor. Um, my, like I say, my statistics came in in 73. 
Uh, my highest weight has been almost 300 pounds. My lowest weight was 7 pounds, 7 ounces. So I've been, I, I've been the gamut. I've been the gamut. I've been at my goal weight for years. For like, three, for like five or six years I was at my goal weight. Long enough to have people come up to me and say, God, I can't imagine you ever being heavy. And that was pretty cool. You know, that was a pretty cool. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not a compulsive eater. <laughs> but, of course, I was. Um, so I guess that's pretty much my statistics. Um, I recommitted in 2000, and I've released 60-plus pounds. And I've released, you know, gradual. I've released the initial maybe 40, and then the rest of the time I slowly released um, the rest to, to make it about 60-plus pounds. Um, and what, what brought me here was the physical, emotional, and spiritual bankruptcy. I was just totally bankrupt. I mean, I had, I was so unhappy. I was so miserable. I needed, I needed something. I needed, I, I wanted, I thought if I was thin that that would end my, all my problems. Just being thin would end my bankruptcy. But I found in the program that physical, emotional, and spiritual, it was a three-pronged disease and that I had to, get recovery on all three levels. And I had to release, I had to connect with my higher power on a really deep level. Um, I had to realize that I couldn't do it alone. I needed the group. I needed all of you. I could, I needed my higher power. And I needed to admit, you know, that I was powerless. Step one, totally powerless over food. And uh, it took a while. And I, saw, and, but, and I was brought to my knees with the food because I, I could not do it alone and I, I tried several times to do it on my own and it did not work. Um, what kept me coming back to the program for 33 years is unconditional love that I found in the room. I come back, everybody, no one cared that I hadn't been in the, in the program. No one judged me. Everyone loved me and was happy that I was back and gave me unconditional love. And the people in the rooms, like it says, they love you when you can't love yourself. And I was certainly not in a place where I could love myself. Now I'm totally loved. I have such good friends in the program. I have, I have a lot of uh, I, people call me. I call them. I go to as many meetings as I can. I retired. I've, I've had like this totally different kind of a life now. Um, I, don't, I had a three-year-old when I started. Now my daughter's 36. And she's got a two-year-old, so I have a totally different life. It's like um, my life is really service, service to my mom. And my mom's 90 years old. I, I spend a couple of days a week with her, service to NOA. Um, I, it's a life full of service, and I totally believe that if you can't keep it unless you give it away, and I have to give it away. And I'm, I go to a meeting on um, the Thursday night, and we have two newcomers in there. And what an eye-opener that is. I mean, oh, my gosh. You know, I guess just, I mean, it's such an eye-opener. Two brand-new people to the program. And to realize, you know, I was like that. You know, I was like that. And, and to, to, you know, to, to talk to them in the best way I can, you know, through the grace of my higher power, to, to try to say something that's meaningful to them, you know, to talk to them. And they did come back for week two, so I was really happy about that. So that was really good. Not only me, but the rest, you know, for our for our meeting. Um, the unconditional love, I think, was such an important part to me. And then the, another thing, the acceptance. People in OA accepted me for the way I was, for the weight I was, um, for almost being almost 300 pounds. I was accepted and loved. And I wasn't thought of as a freak or odd or anything else. I was just embraced. 
Um, they knew that I was seeking recovery, I wanted recovery, and, and they embraced me into the program and helped me to learn about the program. Also, that I think from the first kind of the first meetings, I realized that there was hope, that the program offered a lot of hope for me. And I had lost hope. I had lost hope in myself. I had lost hope for myself. But when I went to the meetings of OA, I would get hope. I would feel hope because I would see other people who had lost their weight, who were at goal weight. And I feel that if someone else, if they could do it through the grace of God, then I could do it. I could release uh, my, my weight. And I could get a spiritual uh, connection with God. And I could get my emotions into some kind of control so I wasn't on an emotional roller coaster all the time so that my emotions were smooth and balanced. And I think for the last 30 years or whatever it's been, that's been one of the things that really has been important to me is to balance, to, to have a balance in my life, you know, a balance of work, play, meetings, my mother, my responsibilities, my daughter, my family, you know, to get some kind of a balance. And I think the program has really taught me that, taught me that it's possible to have balance in your life. And another thing, it's possible to say no in a nice way. And, and not, you know, not that I don't want to do all these things people ask me to do, or not that I want to be everything they want me to be, but, but I have boundaries and limits, and I need to get a certain amount of rest, and I'm able to now say no in a nice way. I was not able to say no at all when I first came to the program. I was, I was driving everybody everywhere. I was just, you know, mis, uh, driving everywhere. I mean, it was mis driving this daisy or something. It was just, it was just insane because I, I didn't really want to, but I couldn't say no. You know, I couldn't set any boundaries for myself. And the members, all of you were there when I needed it. When I needed that support and strength, people were there with phone calls, with love, with outreach, with cards, with flowers. My birthday, people even drove over to my house and dropped flowers off on my front porch for my birthday. I mean, just loving, members loving members, just total love, you know. And that was, was really important to me, like my birthday was really important to me. Because I was such a baby, I was such a child inside. I never really grew up. And I think through OA, through the last years in OA, I've really learned to grow up, to be an adult. You know, and, and, and if things aren't right, God's in charge. God's number one. I'm 1A. God's in charge. It's all good. It's all good. God is good. And it's, it's all good. It, and if I can just line with God and look for the good, it'll work out, you know, and... and uh, so, and it has. I mean, for the most part, it has. Um, okay, what kept me from getting bored? Okay, the, actually, the biggest thing that kept me from not getting bored were the steps. Working the steps on a daily basis kept me interested because they're such a challenge. And you're never complete. They're never really fully done. And, and, and there's always that part of you that kind of wants to do it but doesn't want to do it. Um, and that the challenge of being consistent and, and, and putting myself out there and doing it whether I want to do it or not, it's not a question of wanting to. It's a question of what's good for me. So I do it regardless. Um, another thing that kept me from doing bo- getting bored was, like I say, the, the newcomers. The newcomers were, are great. for, um, for uh, It's never the same. You know, it's always someone new. It's always something exciting to meet someone new and to get to know them on a deeper level um, than just uh, superficially. To get to, to, to get to see them 
be able to let go of some of those foods. You know, even if they just have three meals a day, there's nothing in between. It's a start, you know. And then I believe the program is a total refinement of my character. That that's what I'm working for—a total refinement of Mary Beth to be the very best Mary Beth I can be, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, on all three levels. And and God, you know, that's certainly not boring. I mean, how can you get bored with something like that? You know, an ongoing project. And yet to think, I only have to worry about 24 hours a day, this 24 hours. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to remember the past. I just work on the best I can be for today. Um, And then, you know, not only in OA, but living the principles in all areas of my life. You know, living, living, being the best Mary Beth I can be to my mother, to my daughter, to my friends, uh, to the men in my life. You know, just being being the best person I can be, being the best friend I can be, and certainly that's not boring. I mean, we're all, we can always it's progress, not perfection. We're always getting better, better, better all the time. Um, also, kept me from not getting bored with the program was uh, doing service in OA, and I've done service on all levels, and um, it's very exciting. It's totally very exciting to do service on all levels. Um, I went to world service, I think, two or three times uh, to be in the room with people from all over the world who are OAs uh, and hold hands and say the serenity prayer. It's such a fantastic thing to do that. Um, just, I mean, it just, it just almost makes me cry and get goosebumps, goosebumps to be there with all these uh, people from all over the world all seeking a solution to the problem. Um, you know, of course, doing on a, on a meeting level, doing service on a meeting level, and uh, I do a little bit of service on an intergroup level, and remembering that I can't keep it unless I give it away, and that's, I guess, you know, why I like to do all the service, and realizing, you know, God is number one, I'm 1A, God's in charge, God is totally in charge. Um, I... I can align myself with him to the best of my ability. I can want things a certain way, but it's God's will to be done, not my will to be done. Um, another thing I think uh, that's been a, something that I've needed to let go of is to let go of the black and white thinking. I had the, you know, when I came in, I was pretty shy and I had a lot of black and white thinking. I uh, was... You know, it had to be 100%, you know, 100% everything, 100%. And I think only oh, step number one is the only step we can really do 100%. You know, we could 100% admit that we're powerless over food. The next nine, uh, the next, uh, what is it? Yeah, no, 12 things. Uh, 11 steps. <laughs> I don't get it. Next 11 steps, we uh, can only do the best we can do. Progress, not perfection on those, because we can never be at 100% perfect on those. Um, and what I think I've learned one of the things I've learned and I guess it's from the women and, and the men in OA is that we're all facets of a diamond and we're, none of us are any better than any other you know nobody's better or worse than anybody else we're all facets of that diamond and we're all um, um, equal we're all equal facets and we're all different and it's okay I was wanting everybody to be the same as I was, you know, but it's not like that. And I'm, I've learned that on a deep level. And um, 
to let go, let God use the slogans, um, keep an open mind, through the grace of God, you know, all of these things that, um, of the slogans have helped me out a lot, and also the, the dignity of choice and the, the uh, commitment to abstinence, the different uh, pamphlets have been, been very helpful. Um, I guess I'm really grateful, and I went to attended the attitude of gra- I mean the gratitude workshop before this one. And I guess I'm really grateful that I found OA when I found OA. And I've spent so much of my life, you know, 33 years of my life in and around OA. I'm really grateful to God and to all of you for being here and uh, for supporting me in my quest to be the best Mary Beth I could be. So thanks for letting me share. Hi, the theme of this convention is Recovery Sweet Music for the Soul. So in the program, the song title was Earth Angels, but the focus is Long Timers. So my mistake. Our second speaker is Mary Lou. I guess we have a wealth of Marys here today. So please welcome Mary Lou. Hi, I'm a compulsive overeater. My name is Mary Lou. Yeah, thank you so much, Mary Beth. Um, if anything, I think this workshop is to express this um, love that we have for the program. I mean, why else would we keep coming back? Uh, I also, um, I feel like, well, Mary Beth was in high school. I was in kindergarten. Um, I came in 1983, so she was here 10 years before me. But I came in 1983 to the program and um, have been absent since January of 1986. And the reason I say that is, you know, again, it has not been perfect. Um, My abstinence has evolved from a very um, basic food plan to a a more, uh, the road gets narrower, let's put it that way, with with my abstinence. And, um, And I always like to say, that there were two times that I do remember that my abstinence, um, that I actually broke what I considered my abstinence. Three meals a day with my abstinence for many years, and one night I do remember eating an abstinent food after supper. And another time I was giving up a food, and I do remember eating that one food one time at a restaurant. So um, I'm just saying those things just to get it off the record so that it's like I'm not perfect. But I have not had to binge. I have not had to eat sugar for 20 years. And that is a miracle. So just with that out of the way, I just need to say um, the rest of what I want to talk about is just, um, you know, just my love of this program. Again, why would I be standing here after all these years? Why would I still be a part of Overeaters Anonymous? And basically, when I first came into the program, you know, I just wanted to lose weight. I, you know, I just wanted to get thin. And I had tried many diet plans, but the problem was, um, you know, I just could not give up the food. I wanted to give up the fat. I didn't want to give up the food. Um, I didn't want to be miserable anymore. I didn't want to hate myself so much, but I didn't want to give up the food. And these other places that I went to help me give up the food never really worked obviously. Um, they never lasted. I would go on them for several weeks or maybe a month and then right back into the food. So um, by the time I got to the program, there was just 
I had lost all ability. You know, I had I did not have a choice in whether I was going to eat or not. I was going to eat because how many times I had told myself, this is it, you know, never again, you know, tomorrow's a new day. How many times did I tell myself that for years? And yet, obviously, I had lost that uh, choice because I was eating. And it didn't feel like, you know, I was making the choice. Uh, it was the disease just taking over. And so coming to Overeaters Anonymous, when someone gave me uh, this, uh, message of there's a place where you might find help called Overeaters Anonymous was like that was the first spiritual awakening or that was the first like God message that I heard I mean I could have said oh what's that no way but I didn't I said wow what's that I gotta find it you know it just sounded like me um, so because my mother had called me a compulsive overeater years before before we even knew what it was I just remember I was on vacation with her this one summer, and she just looked at me and said, you are a compulsive eater. And it was like a, a dagger through my heart because it was like the truth. But I, but I didn't even know what that term meant until, until I came to Overeaters Anonymous. But um, anyway, what I heard at the meetings were simple things like keep coming back. And I guess, you know, I took to heart what I heard from these people that were abstinent. You know, if somebody was not binging today, I just thought they were like a mir- you know, walking miracle, which they were, and which we all are if we're not into the food today. Um, you know, that is a miracle. That's, I'm a compulsive overeater. That's, that's what I like to do. You know, if somebody asks me what would you really like to do, you know, I want to eat. And even when I'm eating my meals, it's like, it's over? Oh. You know, and this is 20 years, and I'm not eating in between the meals, and I'm not going to the food, but it, it's just like, um, just that every little, everything I heard at every meeting, you know, um, has, I guess what I want to say is why did I keep coming back is because it works. I'm still here. It's still just another 24 hours, and I haven't binged. It's like, why would I leave? I want another 24 hours. So I'm going to keep coming back. There's no other place that works, period. I, I don't... I, I just tend to disagree with anybody who says anything else works. If you're a compulsive overeater, if you're not a compulsive overeater, sure, there's plenty of things out there that work. But for me, I'm a compulsive overeater, and nothing else worked, and I need to be here. And just it works, and it, it's never failed me. So I'm just going to keep coming back because that's what they told me to do, and I just wanted to take suggestions because obviously, anything I was doing wasn't working. Um, and then, of course, just all the things that Mary Beth shared, why would I stay here, is because there's these 12 steps I can work on. It's not just, okay, now I'm at my um, goal weight. Well, sure, if I was at my goal weight and I was any other place, why, why would you stick around? When I first came to the meetings, and it would be like a Saturday night. I was going to a lot of meetings, like a meeting every day, you know. And on Saturdays, it was in the morning and at night. And if we didn't have OA meetings and I went to AA meetings, just any kind of, you know, just so I wasn't eating, because that was the only time I wasn't eating. Um, and so I'd go on these Saturday night meetings, and, I, and I'd listen to these people that say they had like 10, I don't know, 10 years of abstinence. And I'd be like, what are you doing on a Saturday night in a meeting? What are you, th- you know, what were you thinking? And, and it's like, they just, you know, I didn't get it until I kept coming back. And it's like, 
there's no other place I'd rather be. I mean, I, I remember, uh, anyway, well, that's another story, but I, I did get into, it's not like I don't have a social life or anything, but after I got out in a few years and I was in the program, I did get into a, a dance community, I guess you would call it. And so, you know, there was, you know, of course there's dances on the Friday and Saturday nights, and I was very involved. But after a while, I just got so sick of going to those dances on the Friday night, I wanted to see about this big meeting up in San Francisco. I had just moved here from the um, Midwest. I'm originally from Massachusetts. That's where I started OA. Went to the Midwest, lived in St. Paul for many years, and then I came here. And I just wanted to go to this Friday night meeting. And it was like, it was, it wasn't even a, um, I don't know, I, it wasn't a big decision, and, and let me tell you, it's really hard for me to make decisions, but if it became between the dance and the meeting, it was like, I wanted to go to the meeting, at least go to the meeting first, because that's where I really made my connections, just like all the things that Mary Beth talked about. It was the love, it was the camaraderie, it's the fellowship, and then, you know, and all that's great, and then there's these steps that we really get to really learn about ourselves and find out who we are, and, and this is, I mean, I'm saying these words, and I used to hear them and think, yeah, 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 like, okay, I'm going to find out who I am. Even up till a few years ago, every time I work the steps again and, and just find out more about Mary Lou, and just like, you know, Mary Beth said, to become the best, best person she can be, it's like it isn't boring and it isn't um, a waste of time. You know, it's, it's exciting. And I can't believe I'd be saying that because, again, I thought the excitement was all these outside things that once I got thin, I'll have all these outside things and I'll be happy and I'll be exciting, you know. And no, that's just not the way it went. There's a couple lines in, um, in the big book I was reading the other day because I was trying to remember, like, you know, why am I here? And like, like it says, you know, we're, we are trying to recreate our lives, you know, and I don't, I don't get that until I just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. I thought it was about recreate my body. You know, just give me a thin body. You know, I don't get to recreate my life. There's nothing wrong with my life. You know, I'm a, a you know, college graduate or, I, you know, had honors in school or I was, you know, in the honor society or the debate club or, you know, all these things. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm not. I'm here to recreate my life because... What, I, my, what my problem is, is Mary Lou. I'm a lot of self-centeredness and a lot of low self-esteem and a lot of not good enough and a lot of, um, you know, not worthy. And these are the things that only the steps can heal me. Only the steps. Only doing those steps. And if you don't get what I'm saying, don't worry about it. Just keep coming back. Because I didn't get it either. I just, I said, what's working the steps? I used to go to a step meeting on Saturday mornings and we'd read the steps. And then we'd go around and, and sh as we read, we'd share. And I thought that was working the steps. I thought it meant go to a step meeting where you read the book, you know, with the steps in it. So, I mean, this has taken years and years. And I do, I want to go back and do say that, you know, like when I came into the program too, it took me two and a half years to get abstinent because, again, it was like, well, I'm, you know, I didn't get the 24-hour thing that it's only for 24 hours that I have to not, uh, eat my binge foods, you know, and I, kn I knew what those foods were. I knew what those foods were. I had a pretty good idea, let me put it that way. Over the years, I've had to let off, you know, a few other foods. But um, anyway, uh, where was I going with that? Um, you, you know, just for 24 hours. So anyway, in those first couple of years, it was like I couldn't 
smashed that idea. It was still in the back of my head, this little idea that it says in the big book has to be smashed that maybe someday I can have it. You know, maybe someday after I lose the weight, of course, you know, then I can have it. And that idea had to be smashed. So I always thought, well, I'm not, I can't be absent because there's going to come someday, you know, that I'm just not going to be able to stand the feelings because that's why I ate. Anytime I had a feeling, I had to eat. It, it was just, it was too painful to have any kind of feelings. So I just thought, yeah, I can, I can be absent for a while. I can come to the meetings and get help. But, but you know, I'm going to be depressed someday, you know, down the road. And I'm going to have to eat, you know, because, of course, eating was the solution to my problems, to my feelings. And um, for the one thing, then, then I finally did get absent. I don't know what it was. Again, it was like January 2nd. I remember binging at the meeting the night before. At the meeting, we had coffee and tea and, and milk. You know, and I, and I was the person that had to bring the milk that day. And, um, you know, I stopped off at the convenience store and had to buy a whole bag of something else to eat. And then, you know, eat all that, all sugar, you know, before the meeting, get to the meeting. And then while they were doing the beginning part, I was in the kitchen where the coffee was, and I had to drink like half a gallon of milk to wash down all the crap I had just had. So I remember that last binge. And then I don't know what happened the next day. All I say is like, Two minutes. I didn't even get to what I was going to say. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so um, I, I feel like I was just like this big rock, and just every meeting I went to and every phone call I made and every little thing I read uh, was like a drop of water on that boulder, and then one day, and that was a lot, you know, and then it split, and then I was surrendered, you know. It was like I was willing to go to any length not to go to the food one day at a time. And I just took it one day at a time, one day at a time. I remember somebody sharing about how their father had died, and I thought, okay, but, you know, when my father dies, I, I, I'm going to eat. You know, I, I'm going to have to allow myself that. Come on, because that pain is just going to be too much. And, and I really believed it. You know, I thought that pain is going to be too much. And I just have to say, because I only have a minute left, is that my dad did pass away last year, and it was, a, you know, it was um, it was traumatic for me, of course it was. But I remember I was at the nursing home when he had just passed away. I got there like he, five minutes after he passed away. But because of this programming, it was like a miracle. Um, you know, first of all, I got to like spend time with him, even though he had just passed away. I got to you know give that time to my mother. I you know everything worked out. It was just it was like beautiful. But as soon as we got back to her house. What I did was I went down to the basement and I found every kind of container she had of these yogurt containers she used to save, and I started making meals. I started measuring that four ounces of protein, measuring those vegetables, and getting all those containers set up. And in the refrigerator downstairs in the basement were like these eight or nine containers of just meals. I didn't even know what they were in there, but what I knew was I was going to have my three meals, and then I wouldn't have to get into the food because I, there it was. I had my plan. My higher power gave me the willingness to just do that because there was going to be a lot of crap coming into that house. You know that. All that catered stuff, all those people bringing all that stuff, and it was going to be all over the house. And, and it was. And every time it happened and with all that food and people were eating, i just go down and get one of those yogurt containers, and there was my meal. And thank you, God, I was able to stay abstinent through that. And um, this program works. Um, just keep coming back, and thanks for showing up. Thank you, Mary and Mary.
Uh, now we have some time for open sharing. And I ask you please, positive pitches on the topic of, of long timers. Yep, long timers. And please stick to the topic and limit your sharing to three minutes. And be sure that you sign this release when you come up here to share. Who would like to share? And also, while the sharing is going on, I'm going to be passing the Ask It basket around. So please write your questions, put it in the Ask It basket, and keep the basket circulating. Who would like to come up and share? Hello, I'm Kim, and I'm a compulsive eater. And I don't know what relates to long timers, so I figure this is a <laughs> whatever I say. I've been here a long time, so it counts. Okay, <laughs> that's my qualification here. Um, at least it feels like a long time—about 15 years or so. Um, and mostly, I needed to. Something's been stirring around in my head, and I needed a chance. I need to talk to get things out in the open and listen to myself and get feedback to make things work for me. So. What's been going on that I, that I, is um, there's a story that I've, you've probably all heard, and it's about a turtle and a uh, scorpion on the side of a bank of a river. And uh, the turtle, or the frog, I guess it is, whatever. No, some other animal that can't, the bunny rabbit, whatever. The bunny rabbit can't get across the river, and so it says to the scorpion, which can you know, float or something, why don't you take me across the river? And so the scorpion says, yeah, I said, well, you can't sting me, you know, I'm, we're going to get across the river together, and so on and so forth. So he, he says, okay. So anyway, yeah, I can't even tell the story, right? Yeah, all right. It is a turtle, and the scorpion needs to get across the river, and he says, okay, but you can't sting me. If I take you across the river, I'm doing you a favor, and so on and so forth. So the turtle takes the scorpion on its back and goes across the river, and in the middle of the river, the scorpion stings the turtle, and they go, the turtle says, what? Why did you do that? Now we're both going to drown and die. And the scorpion says back, um, you knew what I was when you took me on your back. And they both go down and die. And that story outrages me when I heard it the first time. Absolutely pisses me off because, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're being generous. You're trusting somebody who maybe you shouldn't trust. You know, and maybe you're being a little gullible and all the rest of it. And I'm just, I'm really on the turtle side. And <laughs> big time. And and lately, what's come to me is that 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 that's a, an analogy for me and my disease, <laughs> because you know I take on that scorpion. Um, I take on eating something I shouldn't a little bit, forgetting that I'm a compulsive eater. I go off into denial. You know, I think that's what the turtle was in denial, <laughs> and that's what denial's about. Is is you know what is your essential nature? My essential nature is I'm a compulsive eater, and uh, I can't be trusted with certain kinds of food. I can't be trusted to make good decisions about food. I have crazy little thoughts, like just one, or, you know, this one I haven't tried. I'm sure that I can deal with this one, or I haven't had this for a long time, so probably it's better now. Or, I mean, you know, all of these rationalizations over and over and over again. And so slowly this story has been going in my head and I'm beginning to think, you know, and, I, and my new prayer is, God, help me stop rationalizing. 
Because what most of that is is just denial and rationalizing. And if I can get much more in touch with reality, um, uh, I have a much better chance of, of uh, more physical recovery, which is what I'm really hoping for. So thank you for listening. everybody. I'm Barbara. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi, everybody. Thanks for your shares very much. Um, in 1983, I uh, came to OA because a friend told me about it, and I needed to lose some weight to get into a wedding dress that I had borrowed because I couldn't afford to buy one. And that's all I was going to do. You know, I was just going to get in that dress, you know, and then boom, it was all fine. And so then I started going. I thought, well, you know, this can't be so bad. Twelve steps, twelve weeks, I'm out of here. You know, no big deal. (laughs) Uh, um, And you would have never convinced me that in 2006 I would still be here and I would be thrilled to be here. And I would say that, you know, if all my dreams come true, I will still be here in 2016 and 2026. Um, And most of my closest friends, you know, the whole thing has evolved, you know, and, and you know, people that I, I go to meetings with, we share at a different level than, than people in my family, than people I knew before. And uh, there are people that I would trust with my life. You know, I've already trusted them with my heart and soul, you know. Um, so I'm very, very grateful to be here. Thanks. Naomi, I'm a gratefully recovering compulsive over and under eater. And thank you so much for your stories. That was that was wonderful to hear. And I'm actually 33 years old. <laughs> it's really it's really pretty pretty cool to hear that. Uh, um, and Mary Mary Lou, I've never heard your story, and I've I've known you for a number of years, so that's terrific. Um, it's really good to hear um, people's experience, strength, and hope. I came in and. When I was 19 in 1992, um, and uh, uh, in January of this year, I celebrated 12 years of abstinence, and um, it's a real miracle. Uh, uh, it's just good for me to come to these kind of things because, um, you know, when I <laughs> when I first came here, I just wanted to basically. I think if I hadn't somehow. If God hadn't interceded and I hadn't found this fellowship, I would have taken myself out because I was just in so much emotional and spiritual pain. And um, so I'm just, I don't know, you know, I just attribute how I found out about this program to my higher power. Um, and, and you know, the thing that has made me willing to work the steps, I've lost count how many times, um, has been desperation and pain. It's not like I'm... <laughs> It's not like I'm morally superior or anything. It's just been, for, for whatever reason, God has granted me uh, desperation and, and, and pain and willingness. And I'm really, really, really grateful for that. Um, I, I just need to share about, um, 
You know, it's funny because I came in here, like I said, to, so I wouldn't take myself out, and because I needed, I, I, I couldn't continue living how I was living, and um, and I found this amazing way of life in the 12 steps. And um, it's funny because I thought, you know, once you get abstinent, uh, <laughs> yeah, life is just like smooth sailing. But it's funny. Um, and I'd love to talk to people after the meeting if they've uh, had experience with this, but actually what I found was I needed to um, work. Um, other issues came up, and I had to join two other 12-step programs. So uh, for me, uh, you know, like the, the food is the tip of the iceberg, and there's so many other things that um, I was avoiding when I was in the food. And, and um, so I'm just really grateful to not have had the food up that long because I've been able to look at all these other issues and um, really also go into um, step 11 at a real deep level and um, get into meditation, which is something I didn't think I got into for, you know, for a really long time into program. The prayer thing I could handle, but not the meditation thing. So I'm just really looking forward one day at a time. You know, I grew up in this program and looking forward to becoming a really old lady in this program. And, and when that time comes when I've been in this program longer than not, that will be a really cool time, too, um, if, if, I, if I make it one day at a time. So I'm grateful, really grateful for this program. Thanks. Thank you for, uh, for your beautiful shares and this lovely piece, Mary Mary. Um, Mary Mary, if I could tell you. <laughs> um, I've been in this program for 31 years or something like that. And I don't consider myself an old lady. I just turned 70 June 11th. And I had the best birthday that anybody could ever have. Um, and... Um, I, I was a hairdresser at one time when I was into the disease. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. I'm compulsive overeater. <laughs> I get excited and I forget things. Um, uh, I'm so happy to be here. And it's, it's just my, my time, you know, my debutante time. Um, I was a hairdresser for many years, raising my children. And... I, w I was good at what I did. I used to make everybody beautiful, you know, and I loved making everybody beautiful, but I, would, I forgot myself because I was into the food. I, I, I'm, I'm a compulsive overeater, and uh, that's all I thought about was food, food, food all the time. And I'm a sugar addict, and, I, and I, I was not a very happy hairdresser, you know, and, and, and my attitude wasn't very good. And, I just, but the people kept coming to me because they liked the way I fixed their hair. But sometimes I wonder because all I did was complain when I, I was doing their hair about about my eating disorder. And uh, then I, I didn't, um, I, I wasn't there for my children either because I worked. And I didn't raise, I, I didn't think I raised them properly, you know. And I, I, I finally quit because I wanted to be there more for them. I didn't know when I came into this program that I needed to work on myself. And uh, it's been a lot of work. It's like I worked on myself, you know. I wanted to be, God bless you. I, w I wanted to become a, a better person, not 
I want it to be beautiful, but that wasn't what was that. It was beautiful from the inside. And um, uh, so working the steps uh, from 1 to 12, the fourth was the hardest. That was a very, very hard step. And um, so anyway, what I wanted to say is that, um, my minute's up. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say that I work for the Giants, and I've been working for the Giants for 20 years, and I'm very happy working there, you know, and, and I work around food. And, uh, and lately they've changed, me. they've changed me. I don't work in the same spot. I go all over, and I didn't like them sending them all over. But I was um, uh, called to the office for a very important employee. And I've gotten good reports that, that, uh, from the fans that I, ha- I give the wonderful service and, and, and that I'm very polite and I do all the steps that I'm supposed to do in the way I react with people. And that's because of this program. It has changed my life. Uh, I feel better about myself. I feel better about my kids because my kids love me unconditionally and, and, and I have a good relationship with my children. And uh, so I made up for it, you know, through this program. You know, I feel that uh, I have been blessed, especially with my friends, you know, my, my daughter's sitting right here and and, and I have, uh, like, a team that raws, raw, raw, you know. And, uh, okay, I don't care about the about age. I just feel like my little child is inside of me. Thank you. I'm Arlene, a compulsive overeater. I I feel like an old-timer. I um, came to OA um, Mother's Day, 1975, and I came to OA because I wanted to lose weight. And I stayed with OA for over a year. My first OA convention was 1976 in Los Angeles. This is my second OA convention. in Oakland in 2006. Uh, In between those 31 years, I've come in and out of OA for, you know. But um, I went to OA, I went to OA in 1975 because I wanted to lose weight. And that's what I did. And I went to gold. And I left. And um, and I I treated it as a a diet. But I kept coming back and um, in, my, in 2002, Thanksgiving, I came into OA not to lose weight, but because I wanted the spirituality that the program offered. I also went to a, a diet place at the same time because I didn't want to lose weight. But no longer did I see OA as a place to lose weight. I saw it as a place to become a better person become a more spiritual person, to live a better life. And that's kind of my um, history with OA summed up over the last 31 years. Thank you.
Meredith, great. Still grateful, still recovering, still compulsive overeater. My question is, can you tell us how you handle resentment? Are you ever resentful because of the time you spend with your mother? Um, how I handle resentment? Well, the situation is that my mother's um, 90 years old, and she just gave up driving about six months ago. So when she gave up driving, that meant somebody had to do the driving for her, which is me. Um, you know, I try to, with my mom, I call her every day because she's, she's 90 years old and she's my mom. And I've been doing this for, I don't know, the last almost 10 years, I imagine. I bet it's talking to her every day. And, and I, I, the, the, what I resent sometimes is when I have made my plans and then she has a dental appointment or, and, and needs me and I have to reorganize my plans. Um, that, but, you know, I think to myself, um, she's, she's my mother, and I owe more to my mother than any other person. She gave me life. I mean, what could be more of a miracle than to give a person life? And I think of that, and I think, um, how would I feel if I couldn't drive? And, and, and that was really a big one for me, because I, I live in Pacifica, and I'm so free, and I mean, everywhere you go, you go in the car. I mean, there's, you know, there's no public transportation out there. There's no walking. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a driving thing. So um, I can really put myself in my mother's place and say, she needs entertainment. She needs something to do. It's boring sitting around the house. So I've dedicated two days, two days a week with my mom. Um, not the whole day, just parts of the day. Uh, Sunday and Wednesday, I normally spend with my mom. Um, and how I handle resentment is um, I pray. I pray about the resentment. I ask God for help. And I ask God to relieve the uh, resentment. And I also, if I have a resentment with a person, I pray for that person. And like it says in the big book, you know, pray for that person every day for their good health, their happiness and prosperity, and, and for all the good things that you want for yourself. Pray all these things to, to be given to them and pray even if you don't mean it even if you don't even if you feel like God this is I really don't mean that act as if and pray anyway and I found that that that's helped for me to, to act as if to make the prayers to ask God for me to be able to forgive them and to be and if, and if I can't and if I can't become able to forgive them Ask God for the willingness to forgive them, for a willingness to begin the process. And, and I've started that willingness thing in a lot of different areas. Like, willing, am I willing to be really happy today? You know, am I willing to be the very best Mary Beth I can be for today? And that willingness in all areas, am I willing to forgive somebody who's been a total jerk and treated me crummy and I shouldn't have to forgive them, but am I willing not, not am I going to forgive them, but am I willing to take that first step? And that willingness, like in step six, I don't know, when I found out about that willingness to do something, it opened the doors for me. You know, it really opened the doors to, to forgiveness and resentment. So, thanks.
Cal, trying to answer this question. Do you ever get bored with your food or feel too restricted by it? And I'll have to say no, but to just make it a little um, clear, my, uh, I don't, I'm not going to start with the whole 20 years of what my abstinence looks like, but basically my abstinence is three meals a day with nothing in between, no sugar, no white flour products. And um, in the last, say, 10 years, I've been more into weighing and measuring my food. And I was always afraid to weigh and measure my food because I thought I wouldn't get enough. And I mean, I definitely left out my binge foods in those three meals, and I definitely had been on enough diet plans to know, you know, what you know what I could eat to lose weight because I wanted to lose weight and I did lose 40 pounds and have kept that off all this time and now and then someone suggested you know this weighing and measuring to make sure she got enough food and I never that concept didn't was like really and then when I saw what she was eating and what I was eating I realized I wasn't getting enough food at that time because I had lost the weight I didn't want to keep losing so then I started weighing and measuring to make sure I got enough food and but I'm not so restrictive that it's like every single meal that I weigh and measure. So I mean, this is just my this is just my experience with my abstinence. So I guess it'd be different for everybody else. But I don't get bored because it is a way of life. I do get to go to restaurants. I don't bring my scale to the restaurant. You know, I do in, enjoy food. I, I enjoy my meals. I love all the foods that I do get to eat. I think it's an attitude thing about um, you know not looking at what I can't eat, but what what I can eat and how I can prepare that. And I'm not so strict as if, if I put a little pasta sauce on it or, you know, these things to kind of spice it up, what I'll call. Like if I start getting bored, then it's because I'm talking to my sponsor about it and I'm letting her know I'm weighing myself to see if I'm gaining weight. Um, I don't get bored with my food and it, I don't feel it's, uh, I'm restrictive in a sense that I'm depriving myself of anything. I feel like I'm just um, making sure I can get what I need and um, and as long as I'm talking to my sponsor about all my foods and what I'm doing with food it's a way of life so I get to not you know I get to live and enjoy my meals and not binge and not eat sugar thank you thank you very much it is now time to close this session let's thank our speakers everyone who shared and all that have done service for this session. And now if we can all please stand, take hands, and join together in the unity prayer, I put my hand in yours. <laughs>